There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining us in spirit today is Centauri Minor. Helping us move from awareness to action is Taryn Norley, the Executive Director of the ALS Association of Arizona. Taryn, welcome. Thank you. It's good to good to be here. Excellent. So have you done the Ice Bucket Challenge and are people still doing the Ice Bucket Challenge? Yes, I have done the Ice Bucket Challenge a ton of times, probably (laughs) somewhere in the high 20s, maybe the 30s. Yes. And believe it or not, yes, people are still taking the Ice Bucket Challenge. We actually have one wonderful company in Scottsdale, Nextiva. They take it every year and still get excited about it, have t-shirts, do the whole thing for us. And then there are still individuals uh, throughout the state that are taking it. So yes. And what we say is every August until there's a cure, we are happy to take it with anybody who wants to. Nice. Well, that's not a terrible thing to be doing in Phoenix in August. So I think that that's awesome. I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the origins of that and if anybody could have predicted what it turned into. Yeah. Um, it was a crazy phenomenon that swept the internet and no nobody came up with it well nobody on staff we didn't have that brilliant idea our national office did not have that brilliant idea but of course it came from the people and so there were three gentlemen who actually started it and they all have ALS and they're back east um, in Boston and New York but Pete Frades is really the one who we champion with that and Pat Quinn um, they came up with this with their friends and it just took off um, Pete, who played in Boston, he played for college team to uh, baseball, and then he was able to connect with some athletes. And so that's kind of how that took off. And we're just so grateful because it's really changed our organization. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine. And I don't know if it's if it's uh, proper to ask or not, but how much money was actually raised through that? Yeah, it's of course it's proper. We all want to know that. <laughs> it's 115 million through the U.S. Wow. And then it was 225 internationally. That's that's incredible. Yeah. And, and how about for for the Arizona chapter? Yeah, we believe about 500,000 can be attributed to that, which at the time, I think our budget was probably close to a million. We were getting to a million, so it pushed us up towards 1.5 that year. And so that's, you know, half of your budget. So it was a wonderful year. And, um, you know, we, I have to say, and this will probably be mentioned again later on, we honestly were not ready for it. We had a staff of five. And we had actually been sitting in July in a planning session. We were kind of looking at a strategic plan. And our facilitator said to us, what would you guys do if somebody brought you a million dollars? And we laughed because, you know, we're a smaller agency and we serve a smaller number of people. And so we just kind of laughed and said, oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. And we really should have paid more attention to that because then August, like almost a week later, the ice bucket hit. Our phone started ringing. People started asking us to um, 
to come and take this challenge with them. We thought it would last maybe the weekend. I was like, oh, it's something cute on Facebook. That'll yeah. last maybe the weekend, maybe into the next week when people get around to it. No, it kept going for like five months and we had schools and people still wanting to take that challenge. So it was crazy and amazing and wonderful all, all together. <laughs> A viral phenomenon occasionally showing that the internet uses its powers for good instead of evil. So awesome. <laughs> so if, if, if you would um, tell us a little bit about ALS uh, and a little bit about what the, what, what, what your organization is, is working on. Yeah. So ALS is a motor neuron disease that affects the cells in the um, muscles, the spinal cord and the brain. And so what it will usually do is it leads to paralysis in the patient. And the hard thing with ALS is it presents differently in all different patients. So I could line up five patients and they would all look very different. So it is a very hard and difficult disease to understand. And I think that's part of the challenge as to why we really only have um, two treatment options to date. Got it. And what are those options? Yeah, so there is um, really is all, which is one drug that was released years ago. Um, pro- I think it was in the 90s. And then there is Radicava, which is new to us, came out last August. Um, it came from Japan, and people are very hopeful about this disease. So the really is all is known to extend life three to six months is what it can do. And then um, Radicava is supposed to help stop ALS where it is with you today. So hopefully hopefully we're looking at that and hopefully that will show true. Got it. And is there, is there a number you mentioned that it's sort of, it presents itself differently in every patient, which makes treating it so, so hard. Is there an average timeline for when people are diagnosed? Um, how, how long they live? Yes. So our statistics show And I hate to say this, you know, because it's changing. And like I said, all patients are different. But but what our statistics show are once they're diagnosed, it's two to five years to live. And it's also challenging because it can take one to two years to be diagnosed with ALS. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so so the mission of your organization is to eradicate it. We would love that. That would be amazing. Um, But what we really do here in Arizona is we want patients to live their lives to the fullest. And then we also support national research. So that is our quick, short mission. And then our vision is really a world without ALS is what we'd love to see just because it's such an awful and horrible disease. Okay, I got it. So with the mission being live life to the fullest, so how, how do you help people to do that? So we provide probably one of our newest programs that we've done is called Living with ALS, and it's to help patients not be limited by their diagnosis. So let's see, last January, we took 18 patients horseback riding which is unheard of. We're the only chapter in the country doing that. Um, Yeah, we worked with Hunkapi in Scottsdale, and we were able to get all 18 up on the horse. So that was really exciting. We've also taken patients fishing, and we're going to go here in a couple of weeks. And uh, we work with Game and Fish to go do that here in the state. And then we've also taken patients uh, golfing and air rifles. So it's really a mix to getting them back to being active. 
So that's one that we're really proud of. We also have an equipment loan closet where we will loan out medical equipment. Um, let's see, it can we can have in patients' homes up to $70,000 worth of equipment. And that includes a power wheelchair and then bathroom equipment, rails, bidets, everything that the patient will need. Um, we hopefully can be able to loan them. And it's important that people know about us and come to us. I've had a family who was just diagnosed. They hadn't talked to us yet and they went out and spent $6,000 oh, wow. that they not have to spend because we have all of that stuff hmm. um, in our closet. Got it. Okay. All right. So you've been the executive director for how long? Seven years now. Just just completed my seven year anniversary. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And if you would um, tell me your career path, how what were you doing before and, and, and how you found yourself here? Yeah. So during college, there was a volunteer fair out on campus and I went to University of Arizona. So bear down and I met with a group called Campfire Boys and Girls, and many people may remember them from the past, but I met with them and loved their mission, and they really wanted to get kids outdoors and to experience the outdoors. So I started working with them and was able to take a group of children from Tucson camping over the weekend and to teach them kind of outdoor skills. Love that. And then once upon graduating, I went and worked for a computer company and didn't love just doing the computer stuff all day. So I actually was looking back at nonprofits and I was like, you know, that kind of fulfilled my heart and fulfilled what I wanted to do. So I was able to start working in Phoenix with the campfire there, worked there for seven years, providing programs to children um, in schools, out of schools, camping. And just, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. And then we were going through a search for a new executive director. So I was able to be interim executive director with another staff member. And at that time we were working with our national office and the national office came to me and they said, Hey, would you like to work for us? And I said, yes, that would be great experience. So I became a field executive is what they called us. And I covered Texas, New Mexico, uh, Southern California, and Arizona. So it was a great region to cover and uh, was able to work with a lot of the chapters, the boards, um, the executive directors, and just really work with them to make them as strong as we could. So that was exciting times, but got kind of tired of being a road warrior and on the road all the time. So I wanted to come back and get back to that local experience. I was missing... um, working with my own community and giving back to my own community. So I went and worked for the Arthritis Foundation and I learned fundraising there. And so that's where I was able to pick that up, worked with galas and walks and runs. And so just really loved what we did, really started to enjoy fundraising, which I know sounds weird, but do love it and love (laughs) getting out and raising money. And so then eventually the ALS position in 2011, the executive director position was open And my director and also our development director told me, hey, you should do this. This fits you perfectly. And so was able to meet with the board at ALS and the staff and it just really worked out and it's been a great fit. And I can't think of a better organization and patients to work for, you know, to serve them. So I love it. Love what I get to do. Well, that's fantastic. So seven years. And one of the questions we always like to ask is what are three of the top things that you've learned over the over the last three years so roughly speaking 
you know, over the second half of your career uh, so far? Yes. Okay. So I love this question um, because I'm always thinking about what can I learn and what can I take away from things. But I think um, the first thing that I've learned is to ask people to help and is to really reach out to people. Uh, I think I shared the story with Centauri before, but I was able to engage some of our neurologists to help serve as our co-chairs of our events. And one doctor, Dr. Ross from the Mayo Clinic, had he was phenomenal. He was the first one I worked with because I came in and he had some ideas about changing up our gala and event. And I said, great, you should be the co-chair. <laughs> so he said, what does that mean? And so I explained it to him and he said, yeah, I'd like to do that. So he yes. helped some sponsorships. He helped with, uh, let's see, what else did he help? With? He helped add some restaurants. He found us our band. It was amazing what he did. And so I tease him. I go, you're not only this brilliant neurologist, but you're an event planner too. So nice. it's really good. Um, let's see what else. Oh, the other thing that I've learned is, you know, have that plan for that money or that big donation because it's going to happen and you want to be prepared for it. For us, it was the ice bucket challenge and we had to hurry around and put together a task force to help us decide because we knew the donors gave that money and we needed to do something with it right away. Um, and that we knew that they wanted us to spend that money on our patients and on research. So we made sure to do that and to get a task force together. And that was a group of board members and a a couple of volunteers. And they were really smart about how we put that together and they met in the evening and gave up their personal time. But I think that's really important. And then the last thing that I would say that I've learned is that I can't do everything. And so that's been really challenging for someone who really likes to get in there and try to do everything. But I've just realized we have limitations and you have, you know, I work with an efficiency expert and he really helped me with that. And we look at the schedule every month and I have 160 hours in the month for work to do what I'm going to do. So we start looking at that and planning that out. And that was a hard realization. I was like, what do you mean I can't do everything? What do you mean I can't fit this in? So right. that's been the real challenge. And I think too, I, I have a two-year-old and we talked about both of us having kids, but <laughs> I think that helps you realize you have limitations as well. Isn't that the truth? It helps you really <laughs> maximize and value your time. So, well, I think that those are awesome. Um, oh. Really, really good learning. And I think important to, to really, really kind of embrace all those things. Because, I mean, if, if, if I look at all three of those things, I can't help but think that they all um, kind of weave together and, and they're all sort of interrelated and, and interdependent on one another. Because um, certainly, if you weren't able to ask people for help, if you weren't reaching out to people, if you weren't already engaged with really quality people, when that big influx of money came in, then you would have had to start from scratch, right? And you would have had to, to try to vet people quickly and you probably would have made some mistakes. So um, there's probably really, really a benefit that that you were in the habit of asking people for help. And the, rea- the reality is that there's only so many hours in the day and you certainly can't do it all yourself, so. Exactly, you are spot on there. <laughs> so, nice, okay. Um, I, one, one thing that I, w- I wanted to ask you about, and I, I appreciate, um, 
when somebody gives money that they probably are interested in, and it sounds like that that is the case, that they're interested in seeing it deployed as quickly as possible. But part of me also says, well, wouldn't they want to make sure that you're making prudent decisions about things? So how do you how do you balance that and, and how do you manage those expectations? Ooh, I think it's understanding what your donors want and what they want to see. Um, we had we had a few during that time call us, you know, and just ask us kind of what are you guys going to do with this and how are you going to see this played out? So we actually, along with that task force, we put together a quick survey monkey and sent that out and just asked, like, if what would you like to see us do with this money? And we sent it to not everyone, but we did a good sampling of patients, sponsors and kind of our volunteers that were dedicated to our cause. And I think that was really helpful too. Um, you know, with our disease, we all want treatment options and eventually that cure. And so that was big on people's list, but so were our services. We want to make sure that our patients here in Arizona are taken care of. So that was another big highlight too. Yeah, I think that, that makes sense. I mean, you need to balance long-term desires with, with, with short-term interests and, and, and needs and try to try to find that cure for folks who will get it in the future, but serve, serve the current people with that, uh, that, 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 that had the immediate need. So with the, uh, with that, um, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget the, the sum of money. I think you said $150 million in the United States and over $200 million internationally and $500,000 here locally. Can you mm-hmm. actually point to, um, the impact that that had? Yes. So thankfully there was an impact because, you know, that would, that was all of our fear. We're like, oh, sure. we're going to have all this money and we're not going to be able to show people that anything happened with it. But there have been a couple of discoveries in research on um, genes that they've been able to di- identify that we can attribute to this funding. So that's really exciting. And our chief scientist, Lucy Brune, also her and the committee that reviews all of our research. And when they accept, you know, or accept to fund certain projects, they really review it and they look at it and they have such smart plans. And there are many other things that I know they're working on Um that are going to be exciting. Technology is another area that we're really interested in. Um, not sure how much you know about ALS, but for most of the patients, they will lose the ability to speak. And so speech generating devices are big for us. Okay. So technology plays a huge part in that. And we're starting to see improvements all the time. Um, what used to be these huge screens that our patients would have to strap onto a wheelchair they're now coming down in size. We're actually starting to see some be about the size of iPads, which is exciting. That's and if great. we actually get it down to phone size, you know, just any of that would be amazing for them and different ways of using technology are it's really important to us. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's incredible and exciting that that you that that you were able to 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 see the impact that that money had and Certainly, I'm, I'm glad to hear that that technology is able to able to help people with this because um, it does seem like there's so many advances going on. So awesome. Well, another question we love to ask is knowing that the entire world would hear it. What plea would you make? Ooh, a cure. No, I'm just I know that's everybody <laughs> would love that treatment options. Yes, of course. I think um, for everyone, get involved. 
getting involved in your community, find something you're passionate about and do it. Uh, We love help. We love help in all areas. We need help in the office. We need help at events. We just need a lot of help. And so I know that involved with our organization, there are a lot of smart people. And I always say, you know, to the staff, we don't have to have the answers. We just have to know where to go find those answers. And those are usually in our volunteers. Those are always in people outside our agency. And they come up with the greatest ideas. So I think that's it. And what I would say to people out in the world, you know, just help us. We're a great organization, but if we're not part of your passion, go find your passion and help. Yeah. I think that that is, I think that that is great advice. So, well, right into that, if people are listening and they, and they do want to get involved, it sounds like you said that you need help at the office, you need help with events, you need help all over the place, you need lots of volunteers. So how can people reach out? What's the, what's the best way for them to get involved? Yeah, our website is great. So alsaz.org. Again, that's alsaz for Arizona.org. And then our phone number, if people want to call us, we'd love to chat with you, is 602-297-3800. And you can call us at that number, too, if that works. But you can also find the phone number on the website. Excellent. Well, I very much appreciate your time. Is there anything else you'd like to share? No, I think that's it. Just get involved. Love the nonprofits. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. Excellent. Well, Taryn, thank you so much, and thank you, as always, for listening. Um, I will list the lsaz.org, even though it's a pretty easy website to remember, in the notes of the show, as well as the number, and definitely encourage you to get involved. Uh, Please do share the show with a friend that you think would also appreciate what we've been talking about. And as always, keep questioning, because the struggle is real.